Green Divas and Green Dudes come in many shades of green. Here to help you discover and celebrate your personal shade of green are hosts Green Diva Meg and Maxine Margot, veteran radio chicks who share important news about climate change and the plight of human existence, but somehow manage to make most of it fun and sexy using at least 50 shades of green. from allergies and chemical sensitivity, then it's time to incorporate the EnviroClean system. Utilizing patented technology, the EnviroClean system safely and effectively neutralizes toxins without leaving behind harmful VOCs. From the solid and upholstered surfaces that surround us, to the clothes we wear, to the very air we breathe, EnviroCleanse provides personal environment protection for everyone. Use code GREENDIVAS to get 20% off site-wide at EnviroKLENZ.com. Welcome to 50 Shades of Green Divas podcast. Mm-hmm. You are experiencing the first of a new season. Right. A new format. A new format. You're going to love it. Yeah, we, we, we're trying to, you know, recycle ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> because we're, we're, very, we're very green. And you have to reinvent and recycle. Well, we're upcycling. We're upcycling. We're upcycling. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and green is the word. So one of the things we're going to be doing now is we're going to be going into topical formats. Rather than just giving you these cool interviews, which we love, we're, we're going to be doing more of a, an in-depth on certain topics using a variety of sources. Right. And... Really cool. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So, and today, of course, our first one is all about ecosexuality. It's in that category. Right, intimacy with nature, because uh, we are all one. We are one with the universe. And there's lots of levels to that, and we have lots of interesting folks that you'll hear from that are talking on this topic. Okay. Including us. Yeah, we're, we're an interesting folk, I think. Well, maybe. Goofy. Sometimes. Sometimes. I don't know. Well, actually, it is going to get fun in a minute here, but I just want to mention real fast. Okay. Please, people, hook up with us and so not not in a sexual way. You know, hook up because we're talking sexual. You might, you might but... find us embracing trees. So just don't <laughs> worry. It's all good. We're not doing running tre- naked the, through no the trees. trees were harmed. Okay. So what I was going to say is hook up with us <laughs> in social media. Right. right. Let's Important. Let's do some fun things out there. I we love interacting with you. So find us at at Fifty Shades of GDs. Fifty Shades GDS. of GDS, okay. Or at The Green Divas, or right. at Green Diva Meg, or... At TM Shades of Green, because we're still greening it up. As many avenues as we can get to you as possible, we yeah. are using those avenues that we have. And, of course, we're on Facebook and right. Instagram mm-hmm. and all those things. At The Green Divas and Green Divas Radio Show, all those things... You know how to find us, man. Go to the website, thegreendivas.com. Right. Check out those Al Gore rhythms. <laughs> That's the, the That's new a really convenient truth, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> You're so oh, funny. I don't hey, wait, know. but isn't it pumpkin season now? Tis true. Tis true. It is, it is pumpkin season. You have a fun pumpkin fact for us, don't I, you? I do. In light of intimacy and <laughs> ecosexuality... Uh, research shows that the scent combination of pumpkin pie, 
and lavender increases blood flow to the penis <laughs> by 40%. Oh, wow. Wow. Who needs Viagra? Just get some pumpkin pie and lace it with a little lavender or whatever. Get the scent. Right? Well, you know, my brother got in trouble when he was five, Mr. Phil, by citing a poem in school. And this was the poem. <laughs> when the frost is on the pumpkin, now's the time for Dickie Duncan. I re- <laughs> And mom was called to school, just so you know. Really? For that? Yes. Well, 19-whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1950 or whatever it was. That's Uh, funny. Pretty crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. That's the pumpkins. So there's just a little bit of pumpkin trivia for you. Um, Who knew? Got to get it out there. Yeah. So in keeping with this theme of intimacy with nature, and the whole thing was really inspired by Tree Girl. And Max came upon information about tree girl and a book that she's just published of beautiful photographs tell us about that well she, she it's it's uh, she she calls it a coffee table book but it's it, it's very insightful and the photos are amazing it, uh, the book's called tree girl intimate encounters with wild nature and it's just uh, a lovely book um which has as i said photos there's photos of women passionately caressing trees to emphasize the importance of the need within humans to regain their intimacy with nature and it because that brings a sense of belonging it brings a sense of purpose and connection which is so sorely needed because today we're in a different we don't know what realm we're in anymore i mean people it's a whole other topic climate depression but we're kind of in it in a way but this book is beautiful and not depressing it's it's lovely no and well i'm I'm gonna i just wanted to say in in you know the the, all the photos and then she has an afterword in the book and then she wrote and i quote imagine a world in which all humans recognize everything that is wild as an extension of ourselves there are an infinite number of pathways to engage in the senses, the heart, intellect, and spirit in interaction with the wild. Nice. And like one of my favorite pictures in the book is, um, it's called Hemlock Green Woman on Nurse Log. And it's a western hemlock in, in Olympic National Park in Washington State. And it's on page 156 and you've got to get this yeah, you book. you got to go check s- out the book. It's awesome. It's an awesome photo. It is. It's magical, actually. One of the things I was thinking about, this whole concept of connecting with nature, and that is part of her premise, very intimate connection (laughs) in in the way that that she depicts it. But it may seem extreme, but it's not. And and so, you know, I was inspired a couple of years ago to – I felt like I was getting too tied up with technology where green divas were always, you know, Mm -hmm. either on the computer or social media. and How green was that, really? Think about it. Uh So, like, I'm like, how do I – I balance it with my connection to nature. Right. And so I, I thought about, and I created this uh, meditation, call it Tech Time Out, but it's all about reconnecting with nature, this little guided meditation. I just want to like throw that out there. There are so many ways that we can reconnect to nature, and sometimes we just need that reminder. Right. That, uh, right. Going into nature and feeling so much better when you're with trees and water and earth and creatures well and one of the reasons i did that whole thing was because there are times when you're at work or you're in a place where you can't really physically connect with what makes you happy in nature whether it's a beach or a lake or a tree but you could sit and close your eyes and and at least in your memory really draw that back to you and get that energy sensation in your body right right absolutely very important 
So, Julianne Sky Harbor. Boy, that's a beautiful name. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's hear her talk a minute about connecting with nature and reconnecting with nature. From my perspective, we can go back. The source of all of the problems of modern civilization come from a disconnection from nature. Once we became civilized, then we really became civilized. I mean, we really became disconnected because the the culture became more important than the relationship to place and that the other beings around us were um, increasingly more utilitarian than having a soul, having their own soul. So we've gone way, way um, out of balance. In another perspective, I think being a male-centered patriarchal culture. Most of the cultures in the world are male-centered, male-dominant. That has also taken us away from nature because I, this is not in my book, but personally, and I think a lot of people would, if you could see this perspective, we, if women were in charge Mm -hmm. for the the hundred thousand years that we were evolving, as they say, as humans, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have nuclear waste, we wouldn't have industrial civilization, we wouldn't have industrial pollution, we wouldn't have wars. So, so personally, I think a lot of it has to do with the patriarchy. Intimacy, usually, when we think of intimacy with human beings, we think of a romantic partnership or a sexual relationship or intimacy with our families or our, our companion animals. Um, and some people even consider intimacy with their gardens if they can extend it that far. And so for me, intimacy, all the things that intimacy is with human beings can also be with the more than human world. Intimacy for me is a kind of bonding. It encompasses vulnerability and trust, respect, safety, empathy, compassion, belonging. It's a kind of affinity that is undescribable to anyone else that's in or anything else except if you're in the moment with that other being or in that place. So it's personal. So for me, intimacy with nature comes from years and years of experience. And I can't say that I popped out of the womb and all of a sudden I had this bond with trees. I can't say that, honestly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I grew up in suburban Chicago where we didn't have big trees. We had street trees. We had these little forest preserves that in comparison to the you know, Wild West were really kind of pathetic and not very aesthetically pleasing. So for me, intimacy does is related to aesthetic because I am an artist and I had an art, um, aesthetic background, um, but it's also energetic and I'm very sensitive energetically. Some of us really are, and it's very spiritual. So intimacy is many different levels it's physical it's mental it's emotional it's spiritual it's holistic and for me people want to know why trees how could you be intimate with trees and um, my answer is that trees are accessible wild beings in preparing for this new episode okay i thought god eco sexy has we've done like 25 at least eco sexy and we've talked to some fascinating 
people, not just women, but mostly women, mm-hmm. about this topic. And I and I was reminded of, of one of our guests, Jennifer J. Reed, because she talked about a lot of what we were talking about and what I think is relevant to intimacy with nature. Let's just listen to her talk for a minute about planet as partner. It's really a metaphorical kind of uh, perspective shift that we're talking about. So in this in this more like modern era that we've been in, as I mentioned in, in another segment that I did, that we've kind of divided humans from the natural world and right. really we're a part of it. And, that's, and it's very harmful to us, you know, not just the environment, but our own health. So part of being able to make this reconnection is changing the metaphor from Earth as mother that takes care of us all the time to Earth as lover and an equal partner. So there's a uh, there's actually a couple that promotes this. Um, Annie Sprinkle, I mean, most people know who Annie Sprinkle is, a uh, performance artist that was, uh, you know, one of the first feminist porn stars, very, has a very big following. Um, but, yeah, she's very well known as far as a, a feminist uh, sex worker. And then her partner is Beth Stevens, who is a an art professor at the University of California, Santa Cruz. And so the two of them have done um, performance art pieces um, around same-sex marriage uh, because when they went to get married as a couple, first of all, which this is kind of it seems like a sideline, but I'll come back all the way full circle. When uh, when they went to get married as a same-sex couple in California is when Prop 8 had happened oh. and they were not able to get married. Mm-hmm. And so they started they started a series of performance art weddings around uh, same-sex marriage. And at the same time, they were doing environmental justice work. And so they were kind of thinking about how do we put these two things together? They seem to have a lot of things in common. And they started looking at ecosexuality and what does it mean and how do we put, you know, environmental issues and sexual issues together because they seem to have a lot in common. So they began um, this series, uh, to add into the series of weddings, they began um, actually marrying different elements. They had planned to do seven, a, a series of seven weddings, performance art weddings, uh, for seven years, um, each a different color and a different theme that would go with different energy centers or known as chakras in our body, um, just as, as a way to, you know, as, as a way to kind of frame these weddings and, and make them fun and, and performance art and colors and so forth. But so in the fourth year of their weddings, they had this idea to add in this environmental component, and the fourth year is our heart center, and the color is green. So color green, uh, it made sense to marry the earth. They actually did an earth wedding in the redwoods. So it was a really interesting that they literally, you know, changed the metaphor from earth as mother to earth as lover and as a as an equal partner. If you love your partner, you want to protect your partner. And and it gets away from this, you know, the earth is tired. <laughs> We've taken a lot from the earth and, and it's time to maybe give back a little bit. So another thing that Jennifer talks about that is totally relevant is that, you know, and we did this post a while ago, if you love Mother Earth so much, why don't you marry her? That's right. Hey, and I think that's happening. <laughs> and it is happening. And we, we, we talked about Annie Sprinkle and, and other folks that are doing these symbolic marriages for a variety of reasons. But apparently it's, an, it's been going on. It's been going on for a long time. It's not a modern avant-garde concept. No, it happened uh, centuries ago in in Venice. There's all this marrying of the water, marrying of the moon, marrying. Hey, people marry a lot of different things, but nature is within us. So as they say, we're all stardust, right? They have had in Venice, Italy, a marriage of the sea uh, where they wedded the city of Venice in Italy to the 
Adriatic Sea. That's been going on since like the, the thousands. And so this is not entirely new. You know, this started out kind of a symbolic wedding thing there. But then eventually there was a pope who said, let's cast a ring and throw the ring into the sea and actually make this like a, a, a nuptial. This isn't completely like off base from things that have been done in the past. And, and at the time, you know, that was done to, to symbolically, you know, marry the sea because their economy in Venice was very dependent on the sea and they wanted to, to show gratitude and show, you know, and ask for the sea to please bring them prosperity and to, to be kind to them so that, you know, that, that people would be safe sailing on the sea. So another really interesting eco-sexy podcast that came to mind was one where we spoke to Sabine Lichtenfels. The, the Walking Water Pilgrimage, um, she works with the Peace Center in Tamira, Portugal. But she basically, what I got out of it and, and, and what I saw in, in some of the writings is uh, it brings greater awareness to water as it holds the key to our relationships with each other and our natural surroundings. And water, it flows through everything. We're all water. Our body is 90% water. And right, so it's not just about hugging trees. It's not just about that. It's about, the, you know, water needs to flow and it needs to escape. It needs to be beneath. It needs to be above. And this pilgrimage brings all of that out. The fact that we can't be contained, neither can water. So we have to follow the flow of it. I and like that, that. And that's very key. Well, and, and I will just say water as an issue right now is so critical. And mm-hmm. having just moved and we went through this whole thing about our drinking water and trying to find healthy drinking because we can't afford to get this big fancy system. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to find a way to get rid of the nitrates. And I've, I've just learned so much. And what I'm learning is that there's not much clean water naturally left on the planet. No, they're all using it to make bottled water. Well, and it, well, even that. Bottled water is actually, by and large, tap water, and most of it is contaminated from ground contaminants that involve pesticides and things you don't even want to know about. And, and you get to spend $3 for the privilege of a bottle, a bottle, a plastic bottle, oh my God. that then winds up in the oceans, yeah, in the see, gyre, see, and, yeah. and in, the, in the whales and in the turtles and... You're eating plastic. And I know the famous line in The Graduate, hey, kid, he just graduated college. One and he word. goes, I have one word for you. One word. Plastics. You know, <laughs> and uh, little did we know that that word now has got a lot of more meaning. So, yeah, let's listen to Sabine talk about why she is walking for water. This was a pilgrimage where a group of people started in the Owens Valley, and they do a pilgrimage for three years and facing the unsolved issue of the water in the United States. And I was invited as someone who is a specialist to connect the ecological issue of healing the water uh, with the issue of love and sexuality. So my issue was healing water, healing love. And it was a very, very interesting pilgrimage uh, where we also connected with specialists from the water area And, for example, Rajendra Singh, a very known water specialist from India, participated in it. And we visited reservations, we visited farmers, we visited all the different aspects and started a deep listening to each other and always with the question, where do the water come from and how should we connect with the water that healing can appear? And then you will see that water is so much giving us a mirror how we deal with the energies of the earth without being really in contact. So the most people don't know any, anymore from where is the water coming, for example. 
And uh, if you look to the water, how I like the sentence they have done to the arrows, the same like to the water, to the rivers. Gave them uh, one street and allowed only there to flow. And then I started to, to compare the water with the issue of the arrows. And the water always, if it can flow natural, brings clean uh, healing. So one of the other things we talked to Tree Girl about was body image. It came up as, as we were talking about, well, we were joking about her photographing the green divas. And, right, right. You know, we're like, uh, we're gonna, yeah, come, yeah. On, come on, bring it on, baby. Yeah. But it brought on this whole discussion about body shame and feeling comfortable and, and all of that. And for her, part of what she was doing was therapeutic and getting naked in nature with nature and trees as therapists. Well, she's ecotherapy and, and forest therapy, and and she said something really awesome, you know, in the, in there about nature. So let's hear it. I grew up in the Midwest suburbs of Chicago. I was pretty typical American. I was not comfortable in my body. I didn't think I was beautiful. I wore baggy clothes. It wasn't until I was like 25 or yet. I moved to California and I started doing this work. I, I took my clothes off in nature because I was overcome with the beauty of nature and I wanted to get with it. I wanted to be a part of it. And after 20 years of doing this work, I can safely say that nature is not criticizing us for what we look like physically. It's only us that are criticizing ourselves. Nature and trees were my best therapists. And I learned to love myself and love my body and be comfortable in my body and be alive in my body through partnership with nature, with the more than human world. And that is the antidote. That is the therapist. That is the cure. Another one of one of my favorite eco-sexy posts that we did, and I don't think it had a podcast associated with it, was about 25 ways to make love to the earth. And it's it's pretty funny, actually. But you pulled out some fun ones. I pulled out nine of them because nine's, nine's a number of... It's a sacred number in, in a lot of... Uh, in Buddhism and other forms, a very spiritual number. And if you add a six next to it, then you have sexuality. 69. <laughs> All right, right, right. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. So... And part of this 25 ways to love the earth instead of 50 ways to leave your lover, it's maybe 25 ways to get your lover. So so number one is tell the earth I love you. <laughs> I can't live without you. <laughs> um, and then two would be lay on top of her or let her get on top. Is that like bury yourself in the sand? Something like that <laughs> or, or in the forest, in the tree, whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh, do a new dance for her. I did. I actually ran oh, naked. Oh, I love this one. True story. True story. I ran naked in a hurricane. Don't laugh, but it's true. Yeah. It wasn't long, but I did. I had to go out to grab something that was going to fly away in front of my house. I got soaked. I almost blew into my woods. And I was wet, so I said, all right, let me just take all my clothes off and run around my lawn for a minute just to say I was naked in a hurricane. <laughs> true story. And it's true, and I was being one with nature. That's me, crazy green it. diva Max. I love it. Uh, so another thing to do to the earth is sing to her. I like that. Uh, we sing all the time, don't uh, we? We do. We do all these things. We, we, we kind of know what each other is going to say with our songs. and kind of funny. we got to do a whole song show. Here we do. Also, keep her clean, and please recycle. It's very important. It's those little things that add up that, that help 
that help Mother Earth. She'll be happy. Work for peace because bombs hurt. They really do. There's mine, yeah. mines all over war-torn areas that are not only causing death by stepping into them because you don't know they're there, but they're actually leaching into the ground yeah. toxic toxic poisons. Ooh. So Ooh. not good. But Bombs are bad. Bombs are bad. But Bad bombs. Bad bombs, but talk dirty to her plants. Mom, you know, Mom, I'm sorry. Mother Earth, we're going to be talking dirty talk to dirty. you. Baby, 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 baby. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, the images, the, the, the <laughs> phrases running through my head. Or as my brother Mitch would go, ooh, baby. Uh, uh, protect her mountains, water, and sky. Yeah, yeah. And love her unconditionally, even when she's angry or cruel. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, be yeah. nice to Mother Earth. Make love to Mother Earth in ways, hey, use your imagination. Yeah, well... Yeah, what can I say? Earth. Earth. We love you, baby. Hey, by the way, want to make sure you check out Tree Girl's book. And she's requested that, if you can, go to your local bookstore and support them and buy the book through them. If they don't have it, they will order it for you. Check her out at treegirl.org. This is James Cromwell, and you've been fortunate enough to be listening to Fifty Shades of Green Divas a wonderful program you should support. Thank you. You've been listening to The Fifty Shades of Green, a collaborative gig between the Green Divas and the Many Shades of Green radio shows, happily recorded at Green Diva Studio. Be sure to look for this and other Green Diva Network podcasts and The Many Shades of Green on iHeartRadio, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and Stitcher, among other places. You can find more information about this show and much more on thegreendivas.com. 